Catch new episodes of Dial the Gate weekends at youtube.com slash dialthegate. And for the latest schedule, visit dialthegate.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 107 of Dial the Gates. My name is David Reed. I'm very uh, privileged to be joined in this episode by actor Nicole DeBoer. She played Dr. Allison Porter in one of my favorite episodes of Stargate Atlantis, Whispers, a very memorable show. Before we bring her in, I would ask that if you are a fan of uh, Stargate, and you want to see more content like this on YouTube, it would mean a lot if you click the like button. It makes a difference with uh, YouTube's uh, integrated algorithm and will definitely help the show continue to grow its audience. In just barely a year, we're almost hitting 20,000 subscribers. I would never have imagined that, so thank you so much. Uh, please also consider sharing this video with a Stargate friend. And if you want to get notified about future episodes, click that subscribe icon. And giving the bell icon a click will notify you the moment a new video drops, and you'll get my notifications of any last-minute guest changes. And clips from this live stream will be released over the course of the next several weeks on both the Dial the Gate and GateWorld.net YouTube channels. This is a live show, which means that if you are seeing this as live on YouTube on Saturday afternoon or morning or evening, depending on where you are from, that will give you the ability to log in and ask Nicole or myself a question. Uh, Nicole and I will talk for a little bit, then I will turn uh, the floor over to the moderators. They'll be accumulating these questions. I will ask some of them to her. And any about the show or uh, anything relating to what I'm doing with the series will be asked after the guest exits. So without further ado, let me go ahead and bring in... The person of the hour, Nicole DeBoer. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, David. Thank you so much for having me. Good to see you again. How are things going? Things are good. Listen, you know, I cannot complain. I mean, it's been such a crazy past two years. (laughs) um, What are you talking about? It's been perfectly normal for me. No, I'm kidding. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Jeez. I mean, this is normal. This is like totally normal now. So, you know. How is it looking back on these performances, everything from cube forward of of the the stuff that you have done over the years, uh, does it tend to be the sci-fi stuff that sticks in people's craws when they meet you or when they come across you and say, oh, yeah, that thing? Or is it not so much? Because you've done a lot of science fiction, a lot of good science fiction. Thank you. I think I have, too. And I got to tell you, I am super proud of that stuff. I mean, I really am. And um, so, yeah, definitely. I think that's mostly what people recognize me from. I mean, it's going to be Star Trek, Stargate, um, the Dead Zone sometimes. Mm. More more in the United States, the Dead Zone. Um, And then Kids in the Hall. And those are like the main things. And that's great by me. Totally great by me. Did, how, at what point did you realize that this is what you wanted to do for your life, in your life was to act? How old were you? What was, set set us up on this, this adventure that, that you (laughs) fell into? I fell into it as, as a child, as a kid. And, you know, I was actually at my mom's recently and she has all this stuff of mine in the basement and um, I was going through it and I found like my old grades and stuff. And you know, I I know it was funny to notice how they got worse as I got into high school (laughs) Um, because I was actually acting and not going to school and terrible. I was a good, I was good student, but I just, you know, wasn't around. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I looked back and I found this third grade project and it was called my life project, which is hilarious because you're in third grade and you're talking about your entire life. Um, But at the very end of it, it said, you know, what do you want to do in the future? Mm -hmm. And I said, I, I would like to move to California and become an actress. And I thought, I don't remember writing that 
I don't remember thinking that in third grade at all. Um, so I was like, okay, check and check. I did that. That's great. But it was more when I got into, um, I, I, it's all over online. I played Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. And, <laughs> and then I joined this uh, community theater group with all adults. And they needed someone to play the part of the bad seed in their production of the bad seed. So child murderess. So I played that part. And then Gotta start uh, somewhere. Yeah. And then it was really my grandmother. I had a single mom and we were very close with my Scottish grandparents. We always lived right next to them and I would go there before school and after okay. school. And so my grandmother took me and got me an agent and um oh. And I got started in the biz, but it didn't really get going until I was 17 and I landed my first uh, series regular role on um, a CBC show called 9B. Anything that you could have told yourself now, then, you know what, this will cause you some pain. Try to avoid that. <laughs> that person, yeah. they're not worth that in this industry. Professionally, I mean, not just like general, or, I mean, general life experience that applies. Yeah. Um, just, you know, just to have, because we all, you know, you have moments of great confidence and then other times it's just, mm. you know, you're terrified of stuff. Mostly just to, um, to go for it, you know. Uh, at times where I might have chickened out a little bit or felt a little fearful. Um, but I have to say, David, other than that, I've been very, very fortunate. Um, to, in all my time of all the people I've worked with, it's always been a great experience. I've really, I've had one tiny time with one person that was not great. Um, but really, other than that, I've been really very blessed and it's been wonderful. And I, it's sad. It's sad to find out as I got older how blessed I was and mm. how lucky I was. And that really bummed me out to find that out. But I really had wonderful experiences with everyone I worked with, pretty much. Or are you sad? Do you, do you mean that you you didn't feel grateful enough? Or I just I mean I was sad to find out as I got older because, like I say, I started young when yeah. women started to talk about experience. Mm -hmm. When I started to hear about things that were going on. That's when I felt, well, upset that that was, you know, kind of almost the norm, I, I, you know, and to realize like, wow, how did I get by without, how did I, I to not, you know, to miss that kind of thing? And I did. And it, it's sad that I should be so grateful that that should be, you know, not as normal. You know well, what I mean? Well, when, I mean, you can certainly speak to the, <clears throat> the behind the scenes uh, elements to it. But but certainly, uh, when you look at – and I've seen a fair bit of your work. When you look at the caliber of people that you were paired with, you know, and – That doesn't matter, right, as we found out. Right. I mean, so, so – but yes, yes. I've worked – I've been so blessed to work with amazing people that I managed – that I could learn from, you know, that did – that did um, – you know, show how, how things are done that did hold a, a, a tone for how we're, we're going to do things, you know, and a standard that was high. And then that's how I learned. And so that was great. Who has helped you learn the most over the years has helped you grow as a person and as, as a professional. Hmm. As a professional, you know, it's different. It's different people. It's, um, mm. women usually mm. of other actors, actor friends, uh, female friends of mine, um, just different, you know, advice when you're sitting together with a, for, with a glass of wine, talking mm -hmm. about the industry and, and roles. And just over the years, it's mostly been my female, um, actor friends, really. We all support each other, you know? What role would you say, Nicole, um, helped you grow in ways that you didn't expect or pushed you harder than you expected it to uh, when looking back on the work and saying, wow, that, that really influenced me as a human being. That really influenced me as a person that, that, that gave me that, that reinforced my character in ways that I didn't necessarily expect, not just character as the, the persona, but character as you, as a human being. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if there's any one particular, I mean, 
being on Star Trek and playing as Redax was just huge. I mean, it absolutely changed my life, you know, in many ways. And and I did have to push for, for different things within that season that I was on. It was just one season, but... Mm-hmm. And the know, final season of a landmark that. show. Yes, exactly. Your one voice. That had to have been tricky. Exactly. There was So there was a lot of elements to that. It was coming in and replacing replacing someone mm-hmm. and um and the nerves that go along with that and just wanting to do such a great job it was the biggest thing i'd you know ha- gotten at that point and then there were there were certain episodes where i really had to push myself mm-hmm. uh to you know really dig deep with that with the character and and just the size of the show and the, the very, very long hours. Um, I think we've made other documentaries now talking about the extreme long hours on that show. So, but it, but, I, but the people were great. There was some inter-politics dramas. Mm-hmm. You know, I was coming in at the very end of a long time that those actors had been together. So they had a lot of stuff that had gone on in that time. And I was coming in at the end of it. And so there was a lot of growth there for me. And wonderful, really wonderful. You know, just being pushed that little bit, having to reach that that little bit all, all the time, and learn so much about on set how to how to manage myself as a as an actor, as my as my business, um, interpersonal. You know, mm-hmm. all of it, all of it. A brand, everything. Yeah. Jerry yeah. Ryan had said, I don't know if it was Brandon who who warned her before she's or one of her. Um, one of her peers that, you know what, you're going to get aboard this moving train, you know, you better start jogging beside it because it's not slowing down. And it is once you're aboard, it is what it is. And Mm -hmm. I would imagine, you know, that would be the stressful thing for me would be knowing when to speak my mind and when to speak up on something and when not to, because so much of the rhythm of the show is completely set in place. And you kind of just have to, in certain parts of it, find your, where you fit in and also be brave and willing to, to speak your mind at certain points too. I don't know if I could do it. (laughs) Definitely. I think the main thing that, that really, uh, that, that helped me with that is I just felt so, right about mm. playing that role like when as soon as i read the the sides for the audition i just knew that was my part so feeling that good because i don't i haven't always felt that good in stuff that i've done you know you go and you do it and you're like oh it was good it was okay but some you just feel more you know perfect for so i it, it would have been scary to go into that situation if i didn't feel so sure about playing as redax you know um so that really helped a lot as a fan of ds9 i have it you, feel free to say you know I'd, I'd rather not go into this um yeah, uh, we're which here is, to talk which about is fine. Stargate. <laughs> I know, I know. Before I get to the meat and potatoes of Stargate, um, did past, present, or after, did Terry ever give you her blessing on the performance as well? Or was it just, you know, this is your take, this is your character, now you you do your thing, I did my thing? Yeah, she didn't know because we didn't talk to each other okay. beforehand at all. I mean, but I was since? from Canada. Right, that's she true. She already on Becker. It was such That's a true. fast process. You know, I was brought in. I got my uniform. I was on set. Yeah. Um, and I knew Terry was nearby. On yeah, she was practically next door. Yeah. So I was like, I really want to see her. But we didn't actually get to see each other because of our both of our crazy schedules until we did uh, a convention in Pasadena, um, right, as we both finished the season filming. Um, it. I will say that it's all good. <laughs> I think for Terry, um, she was very, very hurt. Yeah. And not by me, by producers and, yeah. and stuff. And she has since spoken on that and made very clear. And uh, I just felt so, so bad, you know, about that. So she wasn't running to grab me and hug me or anything. Right. But it wasn't about me personally. Right. You know? And then later, her and I got to go to Australia together to do a, you know, a convention down there, and we were hanging out, and it was like we were sisters, and it was it was all great, you know. 
So I cannot recommend enough. Uh, what we left behind is uh, it was a crowdfunded documentary that that performed extremely well. Only I think to be beaten by to the journey, the the Voyager one that's coming out now, and. Yeah. Um, all of all of what we're talking about is is discussed in this, and it's it's definitely worth everyone's time if you're a fan of DS9 to check it out. Yeah, Stargate Atlantis. Yes, let's An- talk about that. Another um, joining in on the final season. Yep. Uh, ultimately, what was the final season? Had it not been, I am convinced that you guys, you gals, would have been brought back for another one because the episode was so much fun and so cohesive and just worked. It's an episode called Whispers, written by Joseph Malazzi and Paul Moly. Um, I watched it again last night before joining you for this. And it is one of my favorite uh, hours of Atlantis. Tell us about getting this role and working with this cast. Yeah, for sure. It it was so great. You know, I when I got the audition, uh, I was super excited because I, you know, I was like Stargate. That's, it's awesome. It's such a cool show. Of course I know people on it. I, mm-hmm. you know, I knew David Hewlett and we worked mm-hmm. together on cube and stuff before. And not so one I, scene shared with him in this one. <laughs> I know. I know. It was too bad, but I did get to meet uh, Paul McGillian oh, and yeah. um, he was pretty fun and great too. So, um, but yes, I would love to work with David Hewlett again. Oh my God. Um, so yeah, I was really excited. And the first time I came in, went to uh, MGM in LA to audition and they asked me to read the role of Teldy um, first. And then I can't remember now, because it is a little bit of a long time yeah. ago. If I you know, did the audition and, and went home and then they asked me back or maybe they had us, maybe they had me read both parts. And I remember doing Teldy first. And <clears throat> I, I can't quite remember that, mm. David, but I do remember that I read for Teldy first. And then I read for Dr. Porter after. And um, that was a good sign because then I thought, okay, that's good. Because I'm probably going to get Dr. Porter if they're asking me to. You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Let's try this so, one. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and I thought you know what? I like, I think this part's better for me anyway. When I read it, I was like, yeah, th- this makes more sense. So, um, yeah, got the part and, uh, got to go up to Vancouver and, um, which is always a treat. I love, love filming in Vancouver. Um, so, and then they said, you know, we want to have you guys come in early too, because you're going to need to, um, you know, fire, use these P nineties. And I was like, What's a P90? <laughs> Submachine gun. And then I found out. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, whoa, really? What? Okay. So we all had to come up. Now, um, I was a new mom at the time, a pretty new mom. My daughter, Summer, was like 15 months at the wow. time. So I had to, you know, figure it out and arrange, you know, if I'm going to have a nanny or what. But my parents, who are always excited, you know, to be with their granddaughter and to come to Vancouver, you know, in the past I would have them come and I would be put up at the, you know, the Sutton hotel and I I would, my parents would fly out and I would take the pullout couch and I would give them my room and uh, (laughs) make it a little trip and I'd go work on settle day. So they were like, yay, can we do that again? I said, sure. You're going to be babysitting. So, um, I'm coming in and I've got to do these, you know, P90 uh, rehearsals. I meet, I meet the gals. Of course, Christina Cox and I came up together. We knew each other. You know, we were both young actresses in Toronto. So we go way back. Um, but we'd never actually worked together. Uh, so this is our first time working together. And um, the other problem is, is I got a terrible sinus infection. Oh, I got no. there. Like one of those where your head is just right. like, it, you know, oh, yeah. so bad, so bad. And I've since learned to give up dairy. But for many okay. years, I had constantly had the sinus infection. So I get up to Vancouver and I get a sinus infection. And it was super painful. And they had to get the doctor to get me antibiotics and stuff. So we went in to do these, uh, you know, to to learn how to handle these these guns, mm-hmm. these automatic uh, semi-automatic rifles. Or it's, it's a it's a semi-automatic weapon, yeah. 
weapon. Yes. Yeah. And it was, I was into it. Super cool. I mean, nervous, but, uh, but into it, I just, I was in like, I was a bit miserable with my face at the time, but oh, absolutely. You know, it's one of the worst things you can have. It, it is. And it was the only thing that made the whole thing a bit of a bummer. But once the antibiotics kicked in, it was great. And uh, met Janina, who was really a hoot <laughs> right away. I was like, wow, uh, this this woman, this young woman's a hoot. She's going places, too. I could tell right away. And Leela, who was so lovely. Yes. Right? So we all get in there. But, you know, Christina Cox was already like a pro. She had like used guns and so many, you know, and these types of weapons and was such a pro. So Christina's just like, yeah, give me this thing. And she, she's just like amazing. We're all looking at her and we're like, oh man, we got it. We got to figure up our out. game. <laughs> totally. We got to <laughs> up our game with this one. So, um, yeah, it was great. And we spent like, I don't know, better part of a, a day, you know, learning how to use them. And then I felt pretty good about it. I was like, okay, yeah, this is pretty cool. Um, the firearms training yeah. is already always a tricky balance because yeah. that that's the thing with, with Stargate. It was very much, um, very much part of that show being, being a paramilitary series yes, and they it took it if so seriously. Like if, if you respect yeah. this weapon, you know, and you're safe with it, um, they, they teach you, they teach you what to do. A hundred percent. And of course that's very much right now what's going on. Mm-hmm. Right? everything exactly the set of rust and stuff and it really did give me pause and make me think about all the times that i've had to handle a weapon in in my life correct you use your own personal experience to say okay how could this have happened based on what i know to be standard or what what i have been trained to do you know i'm no big weapon but i have you know from from my first from prom night four i had to have a, a you know a handgun a pistol and fire it and i remember every single time checking it yes i mean i didn't even need to check it because the the person you know the armor armor or whoever would cut or a props person or whoever it was it would yell everyone stop and look and here's the gun and here's the barrel and here it's empty and i'm you know and i mean very very clearly Mm -hmm. and i would be standing there looking at it going okay okay Yes, yes, yes. Okay, great. Yes, thank you. We all saw that. Great. You know, like. Yeah, that, what happened? Yeah, that's, what, that's what it's a, still a developing <laughs> story. So we'll see. Yeah. Absolutely. So anyway, but very safely, very well handled mm-hmm. on on Stargate. And um, that was really fun. And then we get into, you know, the filming and the fog and the skin. Oh you know, I got to say a funny thing about me is I don't really like to watch horror movies or horror, but I like to be in them. It's, really? It's, yeah, I like making them, I'm, but I'm not someone who likes scary movies, really. I get way too scared. I mean, watching Stranger Things with my daughter was like, that was tough. I mean, that was scary. Come on. Like, those things were scary in the beginning. So that kind of reminds me of Whispers was first. You know, that that Correct. that sort of same kind of thing. You know, when we were watching Stranger Things, I said to my daughter, I was like, ooh, this reminds me of doing Whispers. Like, you know, this fog, and it was so scary, and the, the creatures, and um, the creatures were, were great. Those actors did such a wonderful job. They such can barely a, see. A little slits, I'm sure. No, they've got this goop. They can barely see. They're in all this fog. Um, their their physical stuff was so good. But then it was so cute because uh, off off stage, off set, outside, my my grand my parents and my daughter came to visit, and she wasn't scared of them. Really? <laughs> because you know they're talking in a nice voice. Yeah, like, absolutely. Hi, how are you? And, Don't um, mind me. I'm fun. just working with your mom. I know. And I remember thinking, I wish I got a photo of this. Aww. I was going to text my mom this morning and say, do we have any photos? And then I also remember Jason Momoa coming by. So I was like, damn it. You know, I wish mm-hmm. I got a photo of my daughter with um, the creatures and Jason. And- it's interesting you say that you don't you don't much like to watch horror, but you didn't mind being it. Did you like haunted houses growing up? Um, No. I mean, okay. I, you know, my mom used to play this game with me because we had an apartment where, mm-hmm. I, you know, the kitchen, the gas. 
to hold my dog, which was Eliza Apso. Not oh her. my gosh. She would hold him and we'd get him all revved up. And then I would run like as like a little kid, you know, and I would run around, he would chase me and I would be terrified of my little fluffy dog chasing me around the house. There's and a circuit that switches on in your head. It does. And it's, it's right. the part of us that used to be prey. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, um, but I kind of liked it too, but I don't <laughs> like to, <laughs> but I don't like to watch it, but it's fun to be in it because you're seeing how it's all made. Yeah. You you're know? a part of and the magic. You're a part of the magic. And I think that's pretty fun. And same when I did prom night four, um, that was pretty, that was pretty fun too. So I haven't done a ton of horror, but, um, I do. I, yeah. It is fun to be part of, I gotta say. Did the fog trigger your sinuses at all? Make it any worse? Oh yeah, I was a hot mess at that, you know. And but I had the antibiotics going. Okay, it does make a difference. And um, you know what else helped was um, Joe Malazzi's uh, amazing chocolates. <laughs> did you have a chocolate party, oh, or did he bring some to oh the set? My God. I think he. So the norm he had chocolate party. Oh no, you know what? He might have had a chocolate party, but I just couldn't go oh, between okay. my between my little girl and my sinuses. I, but I remember uh, the door knocking um, in my hotel room and it was Janina and Christina and they were like, hey, um, and we brought you some chocolate. Aww. I do remember that. So I think they went to over to, to Joe's house. Okay. He had an annual chocolate party for years. Yeah, this I know. I remember did. him saying that. So, um, but we had some on set and uh, it was it was awesome. <laughs> I think there's a couple of photos floating around out there with me biting it. <laughs> How was Paul? Did you know Paul? No, you didn't I know Paul before this? I didn't. No, did no, no. Uh, I mean, Paul McGill, he's, he's a hoot. He's great. And of course I loved it. Cause I grew up with my Scottish grandparents, you know, so oh. I have a bit of a soft spot there for the Scottish accent. And, uh, um, we had such a good time, Paul and I. And yeah, I, I really liked those two characters together, Dr. Porter and um, and Carson. I thought they were adorable. You know, I mean, mo I mean, I, I looked at the show recently so I could do this. I looked at it the other night and I was like, wow, majority of this is just Paul and I flirting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's adorable. Really? <laughs> a dusty sir doesn't think so, but you know, yeah. I'm gonna go sweep the neighborhood again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, really fun. And then also with the other Joe, I mean, he's great too. Uh, it was just a really, it was a fun experience, you know. And uh, and Will Waring did such a great job of directing. Yes. And do you remember those like? the tent that we had so that we could keep all the smoke in it. And um, that stuff isn't cheap. You know, you want to preserve it as much as possible. They used a ton, <laughs> a ton of smoke, the fog. It was, it was thick as soup. You know, it was so thick. The thing that I love about that particular set, it was, it was, they called it the village set. Right. They right. had introduced it, I believe in, Season two of Atlantis and season nine of SG one. They could it was an enormous soundstage. It was one of the bigger yeah. ones that Bridge had. They Huge. could convert it into almost anything. And especially with the fog, uh, when I was rewatching the episode, you could see how they they reconfigured it so you could tell with the landmarks there kind of where you were in the village in the episode. And right. the the stuff that it's just a huge jigsaw puzzle when it all comes together on screen, the location of the well, you know, it's the center of town. You kind of right. get your orientation through this, through this soup. Uh, it's just brilliant stuff. Really brilliant. I mean, it's special effects. I mean, they did such a fantastic set. I mean, everyone, it's just an incredible job. I was so impressed. When you look back at these longstanding um, franchises that you've been a part of, two of the biggest ones in, in all of television right there that we've just been talking about. Yeah. What is it? Do you, do you see any, in terms of like commonalities of why they just 
keep on stretching off into the distance and you know like star trek has had five or six seven series since ds9 you know and stargate there's murmurs that it's going to be booting up once again we're at 360 some odd episodes and we'll be getting started hopefully in the next couple of years with whatever and whatever uh mgm and amazon are are cooking up what is it that transcends all this this medium and just makes it so evergreen in your estimation is it is it the well, stories? It, it, is it the characters? Yeah, it's 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 both. It's all of that. It's 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 this guiding light for us. You know, if you're not whether you are religious or not, but certainly if you're mm. not, you know, which you, a lot of people you're science, science minded, whatever that is, it is something that remains like looking at the human condition and and gives you hope and gives you a set of uh, morals and guidance. And I mean, that that's what I feel it is really, you know, and definitely the hope for, for human, for humankind. Yes, we're not perfect and mm-hmm. reflecting on history because that's the main thing, right? Mm-hmm. And it's always unbelievable. It's like, haven't we learned from history and haven't we learned how to, and I think these shows are constantly, you know, a reminder written with these beautiful stories to remember our humanity and to have hope for us and to um, to know that we're not perfect, but to keep striving for our best selves. And I think that's why people turn to it again and again and again. And, you know, because things get blown up and it looks great. <laughs> it looks great. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think... Um... I think the the best of this stuff holds a mirror to who we are and makes us remind ourselves, okay, yeah, we're not as big as we think. Yeah. Yeah. And it gives a family to so Mm -hmm. many people too. And then of course you have all the, the various conventions for all the different shows. Right. And and that's family there too. And um, yeah, I mean, there's no doubt in this crazy time that we're, going through and you know there's been a lot of crazy times throughout history it's just that we have social media too and news and it's you know you're it's in your news feed constantly from the moment you open your eyes to the moment you close them so um we've gone through tough times before but we need something like this to keep us together and i think these shows really provide that Um, i think that's a great point it's it's the glue that keeps us together yeah so i can't tell i mean certainly in my household it's it's something that you know, uh, my 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 father and I are 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 too very way too similar for our own good. But we, oh, can, really? we can set our differences aside and watch science fiction and come together. You know, I'll I'll just leave it at that. So. That's that's wonderful. Then that's good to hear. Tracy wants to know: Is there a role, Nicole, that you would love to take on that you haven't yet had the opportunity, or perhaps a particular genre? Well, I can, tell you right, I can tell you right now that um, I've done different genres. And honestly, I'm I'm really comfortable in sci-fi. Yeah. I, I enjoy that world. I always have. Um, I mean, I remember when, you know, when I started doing it, I just sort of fell into it. In Toronto, there was just a lot of sci-fi being shot mm-hmm. there and then Vancouver. And I just started doing it. And I really liked it uh, because it wasn't just playing some guy's girlfriend, you know, Um they were stronger roles. They were more interesting. I actually love wearing the uniform because I hate going to wardrobe fittings constantly when I'm on a show. And, you know, it's just adding more time to your day. Nothing against wardrobe. They're amazing. And it's fun to dress up and stuff. But I'm a kind of gal. I'm like a jeans and T-shirts kind of gal. <laughs> and it's nice to dress up. But I love just having the same thing to wear every day and not having to constantly figure out what you're going to wear and go to wardrobe fittings. And I seriously, and I just love being in space and I feel good there. I feel comfortable there. I like sort of, uh, military stuff too. Mm. You know, I, I, not like action. I just mean the, um, you know, the uniformity. Yes. Yes. And, and, uh, this sort of, uh, yeah. And all that. I just love it. I just feel comfortable there. If only but, they would have know, added pockets on those Federation spacesuits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think now, I mean, now, especially that I'm old, you know, I'm older now, I think I would like to play a role with a little more, you know, maturity 
um, because I've always been, you know, cute and younger Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, Esri was sort of confused, um, but getting there, um, I would like to play something, you know, a little, a little more, more together, a little uh, with a little more power. (laughs) I loved one of your performances that had such an edge by the end of it. I don't know if Brad Wright wrote it or not. Your episode of The Outer Limits with Robert Patrick. And the the makeup. So good. Layers. It's still one of my favorite things I've ever done. It's a um, great story. And it's one of those where it's like you get to the end of it, it's like, what? Oh, no. You know, I think there was a second part even later on. But you have a physical transformation. Yeah. And it's just crazy. I that was such a good I mean that script was amazing by by Brad and I think maybe someone else but it was Brad Brad right and um and Brad Turner directed it and then I got to work with Robert Patrick just a two-hander you know two actors in this cell and the story was so good and then I had to do prosthetics my first time doing like you know a lot of prosthetics and um yeah that was just such a cool one Quality of Mercy, I believe, is Quality the episode's name. Outer Limits. If, if you list, are listening out there, if you've not seen this, the, a, the Outer Limits is, is one of those great sci-fi shows from the oh. um, from the 90s. But you, you guys, you chew that up. It's another one of those examples of Brad just putting two people in a scene and just it just takes care of itself, you know? Just, yeah. a, just great drama. Um, let me look here. Goran Andonowski, have you had another audition or offer for a Stargate or Star Trek role before or after being on one of these shows? And how willing would you be to come back? Um, before or after? No, I think that was that was it. I did. Okay. You know. Oh, but then Jill Malazzi went on to do uh, Dark Matter. Dark Matter. And I auditioned for that. And, um, you know, I got in the mix there. But it just ultimately wasn't right i was just a little older you know what for whatever mm-hmm. reason that wasn't right but of course we were really wanting to work together again but that didn't work out um i don't think so since that i but yeah i would i would absolutely love it i would love to do a new be part in some way of of a new stargate of some kind of, a, of something like that yeah wakey too wanted to know um were you to come back as as Doctor Porter in in a future Stargate a future Stargate? Uh, what would you like to see the character go next? If Brad does another one, it's entirely possible that a lot of these past players will be invited back at some point. Hmm. Well, that would be that would be fantastic. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, that would be great to play Allison Porter. Now, I mean, it's wide open. You know. Mm-hmm we didn't see her do a whole, it's wide open for that entire team. Well, except for, for Leela. Um, yeah, it it really is. <laughs> well, you know, it's sci-fi, so anything's possible. That's true. Anything <laughs> is possible. Um, you know, it's wide open, just all, all kinds of <clears throat> adventures. Just get her in there. I'd love to see her, of course, uh, with Carson again, too. Absolutely. And, um, or with, or with, you know, giving him a hard time at least um yeah just just in the mix just doing some fun adventures that would be great elizabeth lee uh what personal touches do you get to add to your characters uh and your performances especially with such a unique cast and crew given stargate as an example um where does uh the the dialogue and the stage direction end and your performance begin and does a lot of that just happen when you arrive on set that day and you get a feeling for Paul and some of the others? Yeah, and that's when you, you have your, your table read, first of all. You always, you know, get all the actors together and you read through the entire script. And that's your first place to hear it out loud with everyone else. And and in that, you're kind of, you're you're playing with what you've been thinking of as you've been doing your own work at home with, with the script and what you want to do. And then when you hear it and you meet other actors, maybe you've know, worked with some before, maybe they're new, um, you just start to feel it and, and hear it and get a feeling for it. And, um, and then, yeah, you get on the set. I mean, a lot of times, especially with stuff like this, the scripts are, they're so good and they've already gone through mm-hmm. rewrites. So what we're getting, it's, it's pretty much ready to go and there's not much, you know, tweaking needed 
Um, although that can happen, you know, if you decided something's funky a little bit and work, work on it with the director of the writers. Um, but yeah, and then that's when you start to play, you know, as an actor, and that's where you find little moments. Um, and hopefully if you're, you know, you kind of know what you're doing as an actor. <laughs> <laughs> you learn to do these things and find those things, you know, uh, pretty quickly. And that all just comes from being really in the moment and listening and being there. And then all that stuff sort of flows. And then when you're on a series, uh, what will happen is the dailies go back and the writers and producers see them direct and, and then they're picking up on what you're doing or they're picking up on, oh, look at how Nicole and uh, Paul, you know, worked in that scene together. Oh, we like that. Let's get, let's do some more scenes with them, you know, because we're kind of feeling something there. So then, you know, another episode or two later, you'll get another scene with them and it becomes, you know, a give and take between the two. It's a back and forth. Back and forth. Yeah. Absolutely. That's what's so delicious about it all. It, would there be circumstances where in, in the uh, the series that you were a part of, you were really feeling something and you just pray that, please God, that they, they pick up on this? Or would you have an opportunity to go up there to the office and say, hey, you know, this really worked for me. Having more of this wouldn't be bad in my opinion. You know, wh- where's that, right. that line there where, you know, you, you're hoping that they intuit something that you see on screen versus you get to go up there and say, you know, I love this. If there's any chance we can do more of this, that'd be fantastic. Yeah. You know, there's times where you, you know, you just say, depends on what show you're on. If the director directs right. a lot, also a producer, then right there when you're on set, you're like, I, see. I, I like this, let's do more of this. Or I think, you know, him and I together or her and I together, this stuff's good. This is gold. We need to do more scenes like that. And you all just kind of stand around and go, yeah, this, this works, you know, um, or, or please don't make me do, uh, that ever again, <laughs> because as you can see, it wasn't my best. I'm not like, I do get a little, I, I like doing a little bit of action, but I remember in Star Trek where they had me like fighting some Breen or mm-hmm. something. And it was this large, large man coming at me and, um, I just felt ridiculous. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and Stunts was like, okay, you know, choreographing, you're going to go this and this, and then you're going to push him. I was like, I'm going to what? I'm going to push him. Are you serious? <laughs> no. It's he's sci-fi. Gonna, he's going to send me flying. Um, oh, and so days like that just make me go, oh, can we do less of that for me? Or, you know, more special effects. <laughs> Just give me a phaser. I'll take him down. Or give me someone shorter. Just yeah. give me someone shorter to work with. <laughs> there is a certain amount of suspension of disbelief that you just have to kind of deal with. You it's know? true. And then that's what I remember, you know, and I go, listen, Nick, you know, it's all going to be good. And people are suspending their belief because they want you to be kicking ass. And they're like, oh, okay, all right. It's true. All right, <laughs> let's kick some ass. <laughs> Adam Mortimer, what was your favorite episode on DS9? Oh, my favorite. It's hard to say. I mean, I really, for myself, I really yeah. like, um, uh, the names are like escaping me where Esri had to bring out the murderer in her to solve a case. Is that and, the one where you had the gun that could go through walls? Yes. That was cool too. That gun. Never saw that gun again. Field of um, fire. Field of fire. Thank you. Um, but then other than that, I really like, um, just the group ones where we all really got to have fun together. Cause like I say, I was coming in at the end and they all seemed a little tired. They've been there for many years yeah. wearing hours of prosthetics, you know, <laughs> getting in and out of them all day. Um, and they were all lovely, but I was like sort of the youngest one in the group outside of Aaron and Ciroc, you know? Right. And so I, I loved when we had a chance to do like, but a bing, but a bang. Like that was yes. so stuff with Vic. I mean, I just adored James Darren. Like, he is such a charming man. And when he looked at me and was like, you know, you remind me a little bit of Sandra D. And I was like, oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Just like, Um, so yeah, that was so fun. I Uh, loved Take Me Out to the Hall of Suite. Oh, so great. Take Me Out to the Hall of Suite was so fun. Um, But they were all melting out there in there. You know, 
that was tough because we were at Loyola Marymount and it was like 110 mm -hmm. degrees and they had to have these special huts so that they could stand in them and Michael Dorn wouldn't melt. Right, know? in his face. Yeah. His face. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it was so fun doing those, those ones. I would imagine... Um... I want to wrap this up on, on like just the overall like impression of of uh, looking back on on all of this work. You know, you have a kid. Um, I imagine the work that you did. It must bring you a great deal of satisfaction to know that you can you can turn to your child and say, you know, this is this is stuff that that your mom was in. This is stuff maybe or maybe you don't share. Maybe maybe you guys don't watch television, but at the very least, you could say, you know, this is high quality, ethically grounded, morally grounded content that I'm proud that I was a part of. And, you know, it's it's not something that I would at all be embarrassed for you to watch because there, there's all kinds of programming out there. You know, you got to you got to bring you got you got to bring home the bacon. You got to got to make it work. And the stuff that you did was excellent. Well, David, thank you. That's exactly how I feel about it. That's exactly how I feel. And, um, you know, I, I'm so proud. I mean, you just said it perfectly. That is how I feel. Although, you know, I have a teenager and then she's like, oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you're at the teenage phase already. Okay. <laughs> so no, she gets it and she's awesome, but you know, I'm just her mom. You know what I mean? But she she does get it, but yes, I I feel so proud that this is something that I have that can't be taken away from me. Mm -hmm. That this is something I did, and and it's such a wonderful thing to be part of, and I am so proud, so proud of it. Yeah, it's well, exactly I am um, very optimistic about another Stargate show, and yeah. I would That's love great. to see you be part of it either as Porter or in another yeah. form, and. Uh, only oh. time's going to tell. Oh, wow. That would be fantastic. And uh, I would love that. Yeah. I hope you're right. Nicole, thank you so much for joining us. It means a great deal to, to oh, see you God. again and to know you're doing good. Um, and thanks for, you know, this, I've just checked out your, this channel. It's amazing. Wait, and uh, you're so good at it. You're so good at it, David. And thank well, you I so appreciate much for it. Me on. And like I said before the show, um, I would very much like to, to get all the ladies together to do a commentary on this episode that. at some point. Um, perhaps even bring Car uh, bring uh, Paul in. But uh, That's a great idea. So keep keep your ears open. I, I may be okay. approaching you in the next few months to see if we can make something like that happen. Okay, okay that sounds great. Thank you, Nicole, so much. I'm going to go wrap it up on this end. All right, thank you. You take care. You too. Bye-bye. <laughs> Nicole DeBoer, Whispers, Stargate Atlantis. I love her to pieces. She has been in so much great uh, programming over the years, and uh, she's just a rare talent. My name is David Reed. You're watching Dial the Gate, and we are brought to you every week for free, and we do appreciate you watching. But if you want to support the show further, consider buying yourself some of our themed swag. We're now offering t-shirts, tank tops, sweatshirts, and hoodies for all ages, as well as cups and other ex accessories in a varieties of sizes and colors through dialthegate.com slash merch. You can click on a specific design, see what items are being offered. Checkout is fast and easy. Dialthegate.com slash merch. And thanks so much for your support. And I just added, you can't see them here, but I just added uh, some gold symbols uh, and uh, a list of what caused each of their deaths so you get each of the the gold system lords on uh, their their symbols on a on a t-shirt design and underneath it says nuked or jaffa revenge or impaled through the back of the chest you know all the things that uh, that took out the different goal worlds so that's what we've got here for you N just coming up in the next little bit we're going to be bringing aboard jc vaughn let me get my my information up here apologize okay we're going to be bringing aboard jc vaughn and mark haynes they are responsible for the stargate atlantis and universe uh comics and are going to be joining us in just a little bit over an hour so that's what we have coming up next i did have one question set aside for me two of them uh can uh teresa mc can you show on your atlantis city model where things are located like sleeping quarters or the labs 
I'm going to have to bring in one of the people who designed uh, this model to help me with that because I have no idea where anything is in the city of Atlantis other than the uh, the the main tower with the upper puddle jumper bay and the lower puddle jumper bay. But someone has written all that out, and I will endeavor to have them on. Uh, Claire Burr, I wonder if we can have a David Reed interview, say Gary Jones acting like David or interviewing him as if he were not a regular part of the show. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, we had a WonderCon AMA about eight or nine months ago where Jenny Stiven, uh, one of our regular contributors, came on and she interviewed me. That's uh, kind of the best that we're going to have of that. But that's all I've got for you guys, and I appreciate you so much tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it uh, with other Star Trek and Stargate fans. Thanks so much to my producer, Linda Gategabber Fury, as well as to my moderators, Summer, Tracy, Keith, Jeremy, Reese, and Anthony. My big thanks, a big tremendous thanks to uh, Frederick Marcoux at Concepts Web, our web developer at Dial the Gate, and also thank you to Jeremy Heiner, our webmaster who keeps the site up to date. We will be back uh, in about an hour to interview uh, the folks responsible for the Stargate, uh, Stargate Atlantis and Universe Comics, Mark L. Haynes and J.C. Vaughn. My name is David Reed for Dial the Gate. I thank you so much for tuning in. See you back in about an hour. See you on the other side. Dial the Gate is hosted and executive produced by David Reed. The producers are Darren Sumner and Linda Fury. The composer is Neil Acree. Animations by Bryce Ors. The moderators are Summer Roy, Keith O'Mell, Tracy Noller, Jeremy Heiner, Reese M., and Anthony Rowling. Logo design is by Deborah J. Bell. Additional effects by Thomas Tots. The webmaster is Frederick Marcoux. The archivists are Linda Fury, Zachary Adams, and Frederick Marcoux. For inquiries, please contact us at dialthegateshow at gmail.com. Visit our website for the upcoming schedule, as well as an archive of our past episodes at dialthegate.com. Thanks for listening. Thank you.